Ready to go here on a Wednesday's good afternoon, Michigan football. A Wednesday, that is, and hope you're having a good one as we sit here. It's the holiday season, December the 13th. We're ready to rock and roll and talk about the latest in Michigan sports. Thanks so much for joining us today. There's a few things that when you think about Michigan that we'll be talking about, and that includes who's coming back to this team. You know, there's more guys than you you think that have the opportunity to come back. Will they or not? We'll do a little speculation on that. The Rose Bowl is never too far uh, out of uh, my mind or your mind. We're just sitting around, you know, waiting around for 2024. And that means New Year's Day. And that means Michigan and Alabama. And I've been crunching some numbers and thinking about that game. And I'll present them to you and see where you're at with uh, what I'm thinking about. We'll start with the transfer portal because that's still hopping and you know, even though Michigan has got a game to play and, you know, Michigan has lost one player in CJ Stokes, who's put himself into the transfer portal. There'll be more, but you think about, um, you know, if you're maybe thinking about jumping in the portal and you're a, a, a Michigan player, you might think about mm, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go out to Pasadena and, you know, maybe I'll go to the national championship game and, you know, see what happens there before I, you know, jump on in, but you know, it, we'll uh, keep monitoring that. You never know. Like, you know how it is. If you know, like you, you want all the players that you think are good and can contribute and be something at Michigan to stay. And the other ones, you know, you wish them good luck, but even the ones that are good and you think, wow, why would you do that? You know, you have a chance or you still wish them good luck, but we keep an eye on all of those sort of things. Some of that, you know, is uh, pretty obvious. Richard's here, and he has a question right out of the gate. Let's go to it. Who is refereeing the Rose Bowl game, Big Ten or SEC? We need replay. I'll look into that. I, I don't know if it's either. Probably the Big 12. I, I think that has been released. I just don't know that off the top of my head. That's not something that I know, you know, it is something to know. I don't want to, you know, dismiss it, but I think that it'll be a crew from from outside of those conferences. Um, but you know, if it's uh, if it's the Big Twelve, is that going to mean anything to you? I, I doubt it would be from the you know dissolved Pac twelve, uh, an ACC crew. You know, are, are they going to be? Um, you know, partial to the the Big Ten or the SEC, you know, I don't know. I think it'll be outside. Like if it's a Big Ten crew, you'd be, you know, you wouldn't like that if you were an Alabama fan and then vice versa. So I'll say uh, a crew from outside of the SEC and of the uh, Big Ten. But I'll look into that and see if I can come up with the, uh, the answer for you. And... Shadyville saying it'll probably be Pac-12 since they're right out there. Is that what your your thought is there, Shady? So that's it. And he says uh, it'll be announced uh, seven days prior to kickoff. Look at Shadyville sitting on top, knowing when the announcement of uh, the officials will be. They'll they'll know their assignment. There you go. Uh, that's good. As far as the the transfer portal goes, if you want to know, like 
the visits, the offers, and the up to the minute transfer portal news. Well, you get that by being a member of the Maze and Blue Review. And during the holiday season, I don't need to tell you every day, although I have that I have been on, that the Maze and Blue Review makes a great holiday stocking stuffer for the Michigan fan in your life like you. Go to michigan.rivals.com to join up. We'll see you over there on the den. Now, I've looked at some of the uh, players that are in the transfer portal uh, today. I was uh, taking a look at the uh, the names and the position groups and all of the different things out there. Now, some of these guys have offers. Some of these guys Michigan is already hosting, coming in, or plan to, or they just have some level of interest. And so I'll start out on the offensive side of the ball and with the the big-time position of quarterback and Dante Moore out of Detroit who went to Oregon and then ended up flipping and going to UCLA. He is in the transfer portal and there is some level of interest with, uh, with Moore and Michigan and Michigan and Moore. We all remember how this one Michigan had been, recruiting Dante Moore since, um, you know, he was in junior high. Uh, will this end up material? There's, there, there's, uh, there's interest there. And you say, should Michigan be interested in him? Yeah. You know, Michigan's pretty interested in him. I know a lot of people watch. I didn't watch Dante Moore play at, out at UCLA, but don't make all of your determinations and in, in just watching uh, a guy as a freshman doesn't mean that he's, you know, one of the top five players like he was coming out of high school, those things. I mean, it's a fluid situation. That stuff changes, um, you know, weekly, uh, certainly monthly, obviously yearly. So, you know, where would, you know, more be after being able to see him and, you know, rank him with the, you know, the rest of the freshman in the the country, what would that be? The the 2023 quarterbacks, you know, where would he rank? Would he still be, you know, wherever he was? He was pretty high, you know, and like, I don't know, he was definitely in the top five. Uh, would he fall down a little bit? Maybe. The thing you got to just think about J.J. McCarthy and where he's at. I mean, like, we saw him as a freshman, and, and true enough, he came out in that first game against Western and and had that, that throw across the field to – um Remember Baldwin for 69 yards that went for the touchdown. And, you know, he played, came in in some short yarded situations, ran the ball a little bit, and then, you know, did some other. But, you know, you know, the J.J. McCarthy, you, you saw the, the talent on display, but you didn't, you know, and you just didn't necessarily know that it was going to, you know, click in like it did for him. So my, that whole thing is that to, for me to say I would not be down on Dante Moore all if I was a Michigan fan. Now you might be down on him because you know Michigan was in on him and laid the red carpet out for him. And then he he went to Oregon and it looked like then he he flipped to UCLA and it looked like he was just looking for the the um you know the most money and most NIL promised money. And I like I've said a couple of times, I don't have a problem with that. I, I know you have to you have to deal with that yourself. And a lot of people, a lot of Michigan fans 
you know, you're used to pre NLI when guys would just, you know, take the biggest uh, amount of cash and say, Oh, he's just going for the bag. He doesn't care about uh, development or uh, the team or, you know, obviously he doesn't care about Michigan, you know, to hell with him. He's just going for the big payday. And now that NIL, like I don't look down on a guy that's going, you know, and looking for the, the biggest amount of money. Most, you know, you're not in that position. I'm not in that position. You know, uh, most athletes go for the biggest amount of money. I mean, uh, there's a lot of other things to consider. Sure. Development and yeah. Oh, school. If, you know, if that's in, but I don't know how many guys are really thinking about, you know, school and you know, the, the I don't know, it's all different here. So I'm not holding against, uh, you know, more for, um, uh, you know, going to Oregon and then flipping to UCLA and now I'm being right back in the transfer portal. It's not like I completely ignore that. Is, is that something, you know, like you're saying, well, you, you know, you judge a you know, his character. Does that mean that that's that, you know, Oh, he's likely if, um, you know, if there's any adversity, he'll be gone again. You know, maybe there's something to that, but you know, uh, I, I think there's too much, made of guys that were going for the most amount of money promised. I know illegally um, NIL wise. And then guys that are right back into the transfer portal or guys that flip. I mean, do we care that like, it used to be like, you would be like, Oh, I don't know. The guy committed. And then he wasn't a, uh, you know, a man of his word, you know, now because the guys flip so much, people are like, well, you know, are you really going to be down on a kid because he flipped? No, no, you wouldn't be down on a, uh, on a person having said that it's the only information that we do have. So you think like, if you're not, you know, jumping right in with the maize and blue, there must be something wrong with you. And I think that's mostly just fan stuff. Like, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think the, the coaches and, and look, we're, you know, we're all fans. So I'm telling you, Hey, don't go all fan, you know, don't be all, you know, Michigan fan. And then, but I'm talking to fans. So what, what am I talking, what are we talking about? Right. So, you know, put it all into perspective. So there it is. We started out with just Dante Moore talking about uh, Dante and uh, looking at the the transfer portal. AJ, who's who's been talking about Dante Moore for two years. Let's see. Uh, I don't think that he's going to agree. I haven't looked yet at what uh, uh, Antoine has said about Dante Moore, but I remember what he was saying about Dante Moore. So I don't think he's going to be agreeing with me. Dante Moore went for that bag and found out. Just like I said, reaching for that money is not always the best decision. Well, it might have been a great decision for him, Antoine. Like Michigan thought they had to beat, what was it? I forgot, million and a half, two and a million, two and a half million from Oregon plus some sweeteners. So if he did get more than that, I don't know. Let's just say he got $3 million to go to UCLA as a, as a freshman. I don't know. Like, uh, does he got all of that, you know, in his back pocket right now? And then he's back into the transfer portal, you know, why are you saying that that's not the best decision? That might've been, you know, that might be a great decision. Like if it doesn't work, you're like Dante Moore's going to get another crack and he might, you know, be right back in Michigan or right to Michigan and, and get a chance there and already have a, a $3 million um, start on, you know, his, uh, his career and who knows what he's doing with that money. So, you know, that doesn't mean it was a bad decision. You, I can make an argument that it was a good decision. 
Rob says Moore has talent, but can he lead a team? I don't know. He's only a, you know, he's only 19 years old. It takes a little time to develop. Not all players. I mean, there's some like true freshmen and we just go back. You know, it's just pretty much a recent phenomenon. I mean, where are we going back to? We're going back to, uh, was it four or five years ago now? Trevor Lawrence. Was it before that? Tua. Tua came in in the championship game as a as a true freshman for Jalen Hurts. And then Trevor Lawrence is a true freshman. And Trevor Lawrence didn't even start immediately as a true freshman. Now it's become like, put the true freshman out there if he's a five-star and is, you know, worth any, you know, it, it's, it doesn't always happen. It's just like in the NFL. It doesn't, it doesn't mean if you draft a quarterback in the first round that he has to be out there and play immediately. Like Patrick Mahomes did not start any one right at the tail end, but you know, didn't start as a rookie and he is no question the best quarterback in the world right now, even though he was crying after this uh, last game because of that offsides uh, with his, uh, with his quarter, with his wide receiver, Tony Kadarius, Tony, who didn't check in. He was just, he was just looking down the line, going through the motions. He didn't really look at the official. He was kind of just pointing down there like, Hey, what's up? What's up? But he wasn't getting the, the uh the clue there from him. Mark is talking about other teams that are better than first defense, third offense, or better historically. Pretty sure 94 efficiency, top five or so all time and natty level. I guess you're talking about Michigan. If there's any other teams that are better than first defense, third offense. Um, pretty sure 94 efficiency. Well, I, I don't know what numbers you're looking at. Are you looking at scoring? Uh, I have some of those numbers put in there, Mark. So I guess it depends what numbers that you're looking at. If you're looking at yards, Michigan wasn't number one defensively, but they were in scoring, uh, but they were not the third offense. Maybe you're talking about just in the big 10 and, you know, I'm off there. Now you're just talking about the overall efficiency top five. Yeah. Look, Michigan, where they're sitting, the numbers line up to be like, if you want to look at the talent, I, mean, I can just take a step back and and know what the players that they had coming back because of name, image, and likeness last year. And then the players that they were able to get into the transfer portal in years back past, you know, trying to be on the field with Alabama and Georgia, it was tough. Michigan just didn't have that kind of, you know, the, top-end talent. They didn't have the depth of the kind of uh, depth that was accumulating uh, in the South like for, for Alabama and Georgia. But Michigan now has that. And now they do have the numbers. Any way you want to look at it, I do think that people will get caught up. Anybody that's going into the game against Alabama, if it's a broadcaster or not, that starts talking about, well, Michigan, you know, when it comes to five stars, you know, I'm not like, I don't even think there's a point in that anymore. I know there was always like, if you weren't the number one at, at any point, if you didn't have a number one recruiting class, you hadn't won a national championship. And that has held up through the 21st century. But we have the transfer portal now. And the way Michigan hit the transfer portal last year, and then what they were able to do with NIL to bring back guys, I know, uh, you know, it, it, 
Not that it doesn't matter, but rolling that out, that's like pre-2021 talk about having the five stars on the field. But uh, all the other numbers, you know, the the numbers statistically, and from what I've been looking at, it um, it lines up pretty good for me. Shadyville's talking about Harbaugh leaving. Does that mean Campbell will get promoted to offensive coordinator? We need a new perspective on offense. Play calling has been stale for years. Uh, that's a pretty int- that's interesting feedback. Uh, I'll go into the question here. If Jim Harbaugh leaves, so you're saying Jim Harbaugh goes to the NFL, there's a chance. We're going to get to that coming up in a little bit. Would Kirk Campbell then be elevated to offensive coordinator? Because if Harbaugh left for the NFL, I would think that, and so do you, you would think that. I think we all think that Sharon Moore would then be the next Michigan head coach. He deserves it, and he would be. Would that, you think Sharon Moore stay as the offensive coordinator? I don't think so. I, do I think that Sharon Moore would then elevate Kirk Campbell as offensive coordinator? Probably. Now, he could bring in his own offensive coordinator, but I think the uh, the bet would be that uh, the bet uh, the the odds would be that Campbell would be the offensive coordinator. The part about we need a new perspective on offense, I disagree with that. Play calling has been stale for years. I disagree with that. the The play calling in the last three years has been tremendous. Now, you might not like you might not be entertained and like how much Michigan has run the football over the last three years. Uh, But it is a formula that has worked, and uh, this year they passed a lot more than they did run the ball until the last four games. And what happened in those last four games, true enough, J.J. McCarthy, you know, it's been pointed out, he's only thrown one touchdown in the last five games. You know, Michigan went back to running the football against Penn State, you know, Maryland and Ohio State and Iowa. And that is true. What also happened is that McCarthy got hurt. And so I, do I think that the the play calling went stale? Like it worked against Penn State. I'm glad if it's stale, Shadyville, I'm glad that they went stale against Penn State. There's no question that McCarthy was hurt in that game. There was no question that he was hurt against Maryland too. I mean, I don't know. Did he run it all against Maryland? I mean, he was just sitting back there and, and throwing the football and just handing it off. So, you know, was it stale? Did you think it was stale when, uh, when Sharon Moore was going for it on, you know, fourth and seven, fourth and eight, when, did you think it was stale that Sharon Moore was going for five times in those last few games and he was five for five on fourth down? Did you think that was stale? I mean, stale? I disagree 100% with it, with it being stale. Now, I think that they ran the ball more the last few games that it, it coincided with McCarthy being hurt. And that might be where the stale comes from. But I think, you know, Shittyville, you're smart enough to know that you you um, you have to develop a game plan with what's going on, and it needs to be fluid and, and can change during a game. 
Like, I don't think Michigan went into that game against Penn State saying, we're just going to run the ball every time. But when they couldn't block the defensive ends, and then McCarthy got hurt, they changed the game plan. And it worked. So, you know, I don't have any criticism of uh, the play calling against Penn State. And then certainly McCarthy was hurt against Maryland. And what am I going to complain about against Ohio State? I've been over this. I've looked at all of those games multiple times and the play calling. I didn't like, was it a, it was a third and six against Ohio State. The last offensive possession, they got a kneel down at the end. So the last offensive possession where they kicked the field goal uh, to, to go up by six. I thought that they should have thrown the ball there. There have been a couple other ones where it was fourth and one, uh, fourth and one or third and, you know, five that I would have, if, if I would have been calling the plays, I would have thrown it, but they actually worked. So I wonder what I'm going to do. Criticize when they ran the ball, uh, when I would have thrown it and it worked. No, the, the third and six, uh, and I, I didn't want to just go up by six there. I wanted to try to get, I thought it was worth trying to see, even though, you know, the clock would have stopped on an incompletion if they would have been able to get the first down there, I would have thrown the ball. But, you know, I'm not going to say that that was stale. I mean, I don't know. I say you're smarter than that. I think there's other people that are saying that. I mean, are you dismissing what has gone out on the field with the injury to McCarthy or not? If they go out against Alabama and run the ball every play, in the first half and don't use JJ McCarthy at all, then, you know, I'll be right there with you talking about, this is stale. This is, you know, this isn't good play calling. They did it. Maybe I should have just said this at the beginning and just moved on, but I, I think it's, it's, gets talked about a lot. Like Michigan is like uh, crawled into some shell late in the season, like their play calling. Uh, it's because of McCarthy being injured. That's what's going on. All right. Let's get in uh, a few more. We got a lot more people talking Dante. I guess I could just, just should have just said, let's just talk uh, Dante. And we could have, uh, um, you know, just went to that, right? Mark wanting to know some health status. What's the status of Hinton? Injury looked pretty bad. Like to see a seven-man line, maybe giant gentry catches a pass. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to the uh, the Rose Bowl, whether or not Hinton would be available, I'm not sure right now. But I think it's going to be Ladarius Henderson. Trevor Keegan, left tackle, left guard. Uh, Drake Nugent at center. Right guard is going to be Carson Barnhart. And right tackle is going to be Trente Jones. That's how I think they're going to start. Uh, if, if Hinton, would they come in with the, the jumbo Buffalo package like you're talking about, uh, where they could put him in there? And then you're also mentioning, um, you know, putting in uh, – uh, Gentry, uh, Percy, I think has played at, you know, even more than Gentry, but you know, look, the, the, the gimmicks and I don't know if they are, or jungle jumbo package, short yarded situation. 
they could do that. Um, and you know, that, that is something to go with. Michigan has been very good this year. Was it part of the, it, um, Blake Corum has been exceptional. I think what I expect when it comes to play calling in Shadyville might think this is stale. If Michigan gets into a short yarded situation, I think that they're going to be handing the ball off to Blake Corum. Now you may say that's stale, but I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do. They've done that almost every time this year with the exception of once or twice they've peeled off and, and they've thrown it to Colston Loveland. So, uh, but the majority of the time, especially if they get down by the goal line, I think they're just going to run it every single time to Blake Corum. Uh, it's been their identity. That's what they're going to do. Now you think, well, this would be the time to shake that up. This would be the time to change it up. So that's the thing. If it's worked all year long for you, you feel good about it. You love Corm. He's really good at that. He knows how to get skinny. He knows how to get in there. No, has a nose for the goal line. And all of that, it's all good when you say, yeah, let's not be so stale down here. Let's change it up and go to a um, Philly special on the first series. That blows up in your face. And everybody's like, why don't you just run the damn ball? We got the Blake Corb. He's the freaking, uh, you know, all-time touchdown scorer at Michigan. And you got him in the backfield. You're trying something different. They're going to be going to Blake Corum. Short yarded situations and down on the goal line. Bet on it. I'm yelling about that. <laughs> Hinton, I'm not sure when it comes down there. All right. Uh, Mark is, is uh, explaining his numbers. He's talking about ESPN's efficiency ratings, not yards, not points. ESPN's website advanced metrics called Natty a lot, almost all over 94, one and Natty. And you're saying that Michigan is over 94? That checks out. That um, That checks out there. Okay. So Noah says, what schools do you think will go after Sharon Moore in the offseason? Uh, that's a good question. Michigan might be going. We, we don't know. Our, so if we so assuming that Jim Harbaugh stays, right? So then what teams will go after Sharon Moore? I don't know. This might be like there'll be some teams that will go after him. Like he's um, he's got a he showed what he could do. Uh, uh, you know, as a head coach out there, what he would want a BG, um, and then Penn State, Maryland, Ohio State, Iowa. So he, what is he five and zero? Oh. There you go. Uh, as a as a head coach, plus he beat you know his uh, you know ranked team in Penn State, uh, Ohio State, and uh, Iowa. So he's three and zero oh against ranked teams, and you know he's one on the road. So he's got all of that going for him. There'll be. Uh, a number of teams that would then be, you know, interested in him. I wonder if because of the advanced scouting deal that that hurts, if that hurts Sharon Moore, if it hurts um, Jesse Minter as, as possibly being head coaches. Like, so, you know, how we look at it, like this has all been, you know, trumped up and, you know, like, and, you know, we may have a point on that to being trumped up and everything else. And then we just hear from the rivals are like, these are a bunch of rotten, dirty, but 
if you're another school, are are then they saying, no, that was that was no big deal. That was that was um you know, that was uh you know, this was ginned up and you know, uh, they just went after Michigan and uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that that could, it could factor in. Hard to know. And, and what, you know, team that we're talking about there. That's what I'm uh, with. Uh, or is what I'm saying. Is where I'm at. OT says in 21, Michigan was a top five scoring offense and had the second explosive. The Is that where they had all of those um 20 plus 50 plus remember when Michigan had all of that Shadyville here's the criticism he's got one real criticism of the passing game we don't put the ball in the hands of the playmakers and let them make plays Sark and others get the ball in the playmakers hands well I don't know I don't know. Did they they seem like they target Roman Wilson, who got nicked in the uh, the Maryland game. But you know, Roman Wilson, they got him the ball against Ohio State, and he scored. Roman Wilson has been I don't know he's been been a pretty big playmaker, been a pretty dynamic playmaker for Michigan, and so is Colston Loveland. Those are the top two playmakers. You know, Kojo, he seems big game Kojo. Try to get Donovan Edwards, who's a wild card. I would think that they would be scheming up Donovan Edwards in the passing game. And so there, I mean, I don't know how many more playmakers are you talking about. Does Michigan target Roman Wilson enough? I would say yes. Colston Loveland, do they target him enough? I would say yes. Kojo, I think they target him enough. And then the wild card and Donovan Edwards. I think that there'll be more targeting of of Donovan Edwards. I would think that they would want to get the ball in in those playmakers' hands. And then, obviously, running the ball with Blake Corum, you want to throw it to him on a screen? I don't know. I'm asking you. So I don't don't know. I I don't agree with this criticism. The one real criticism that you have, Shadyville, I do think that Michigan puts the ball in the hands of their playmakers. So I'm going to disagree with you on that. Andres is saying if we had um, Worthy, uh, Worthy from Texas, Michigan would have a possession receiver. We don't really have that right now. Maybe Loveland if they split him outside. Uh, I don't know. Xavier Worthy would be a possession receiver. Uh, Xavier Worthy is a home run. Wide out. He's a do-it-all wide out. Take the top off the defense type wide out. Michigan does have possession receivers. That's what Kojo is like a tailor-made possession receiver. Oh, and yet Loveland could be that. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, missing something here. Worthy would change this offense greatly. So you're saying having a first-round wide receiver talent would change this offense greatly. Okay. I'll buy that first round talent. Uh, I'm with you. All right. Back to the, the transfer portal guys that 
either uh, Michigan is offered up in the transfer portal, the hosting coming up, or they have interest. Uh, we started with Dante Moore. Dante Moore, the uh, IU wide receiver, the six-five kid. Uh, I noticed today that Pro Football Focus they put out a top twenty-five. They ranked the top twenty-five players that are in the transfer portal right now. The Indiana wide receiver was in the top 25. So if that is a guy, uh, Michigan has obviously had success uh, at at going into uh, the Hoosiers program, the guys that are in the transfer portal. And then this guy, he is not just like, um, you know, somebody that they're taking a flyer on pro football focus thinks he's not one of the top 25 wide receivers in the transfer portal. One of the top 25 players overall. So it would be nice to get him. Uh, Michigan also has interest right now. Somebody said an offensive lineman. Uh, They are in on an offensive lineman from Texas A&M showing some uh, interest. On the defensive side of the ball, there is a Maryland linebacker that Michigan is interested in. That Maryland linebacker and that pro football focus top 25 that I just uh, talked about, that Maryland linebacker is in the top 10 of players that are in the portal, um, according to pro football focus. So uh, that is the highest ranked guy. If you're into rankings, if you uh, are into pro football focus, whatever, the the wide receiver from Indiana in the top 25, the linebacker from Maryland in the top 10 uh, ranking overall of players uh, that are in the transfer portal. And so uh, Michigan also is uh, interested in an Ivy League defensive lineman. They were set to host them this weekend. Just as I was going on the air, the um, the defensive lineman, this is Slackman, I think his name is. Uh, he um, was slacking because he, uh, I think, is going somewhere else when he was going to come to U of M. So. Uh, just something to keep an, an eye on. Also, there's a defensive back from Western Kentucky that uh, that Michigan is interested in. I don't know if you want to know the particulars about hosting or offers. That's where you get involved with the Maize and Blue Review. They're right on top of all of that and what's going on. Uh, to wind up the transfer portal, I just threw some names out of some guys that I don't know. This like I don't know if they're interested in Michigan. I don't know if Michigan is interested in them. But the name Walter Nolan may ring a bell as he was the number one player two years ago, the defensive lineman who ended up going to Texas A&M. Michigan, I think, was the bridesmaid for Nolan. And for a lot of his recruitment, it was like looked like Michigan was the leader, but Texas A&M went in there and did a great job recruiting him, and they were able to land him. Uh, Is Nolan who was once interested in Michigan, is he interested in Michigan again? Now, Michigan's got a lot of players. When you start talking about um, on the defensive line, a defensive tackle with Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham and Rayshon Benny, you know, maybe somebody like Walter Nolan would be like, no, I want to go somewhere where I'm just going to be able to play immediately or where I'm going to get some promise of more NIL. Maybe. Maybe that's it. Uh, This – Nickel DB out of Clemson is also somebody. Andrew Mukuba would be something that Michigan would be interested in. 
I put those players down there in transferring into Michigan when you're a grad transfer, much easier to get in Michigan. If you've only played one year, much easier to get into Michigan. Once you have gone through uh, uh, two years, obviously three years, you're going to get a lot of credits that don't transfer. So that becomes one of the issues there, you know, so you can kind of go through that yourself on the likelihood of Michigan being able to get guys out of the transfer portal or not. It's not everything, but it is something when it comes down to it and the transfer portal. So there is that when it comes down with the, uh, the TP transfer portal. Some more on the feedback. OT's talking about Roman Wilson's speed is comparable to Xavier Worthy. Shadyville saying Roman is super fast, but it's not easy to throw him the ball. Hmm. OT's countering it, saying it's pretty easy to get it to Wilson. But when their weather got cold, Michigan started running more. And JJ got hurt. Antoine laughing at uh, the back and forth. Rob is saying, get Samaj. Get Samaj some chances to make some plays. Yeah, look, um, I think it's a good point. I think that heading into the Rose Bowl, Shadyville's point about getting Michigan, get the ball into the playmaker's hands. Michigan wants to try to run Blake Corum. So, there's going to be some carries for Blake Corum in there. There are going to be some carries in there from Donovan Edwards. Would you give Donovan Edwards any carries, or are you just using him as a uh, wild card in, as a receiver? Are you just throwing him screens? Because Michigan has given him, thinking that maybe he'll pop one or two fans because he hasn't had great success there. He had a little bit. Wasn't it against um, – wasn't it against Penn State on a fourth down? Wasn't it a fourth and nine? Wasn't it actually a handoff against what was at that time the number one run defense in the country? The Donovan Edwards broke one and, and went in and, and scored a touchdown. So when you say, don't give it at all to Donovan Edwards, just uh, unless you want to scheme him up, you know, throwing the ball down the field. So I don't know. Those These are the kind of conversations that Michigan has. A lot of carries to – Corum, couple carries to Donovan, scheme Donovan Edwards up and and get him out and see if you can get a linebacker on him and obviously, you know, take a shot with him there. Uh, are you getting Khalil Mullings involved at all? I mean, so there's uh, that's a lot of carries all of a sudden that we're talking about. Yeah, I want to get Roman Wilson the ball. I want to take some shots to Roman Wilson. I want to get Colston Loveland down the scene. I want to, you know, make sure that Colston Loveland is being targeted. So there's two. Kojo is in the mix there. You know, maybe he's the, if you're going through your progressions, you get, you take that three steps, boom, no Roman, boom, no Loveland. Hey, there's Kojo. He's a nice possession receiver. He's a nice uh, check down there. Uh, reliable. Go to him. And then who else? Are we? Oh, Samaj. End arounds. Short screens. Uh, we also saw him. You know, he can go over the middle. You know, like, yes, Samaj Morgan. You got to get him. So there's four wide outs and then wild card Donovan Edwards. I mean, so how many offensive plays? Does, I think the point is 
maybe don't run quorum as much, get some tempo going and start feeding all of these guys, right? I don't know. That, I mean, like, that all sounds easier said than done. We're out, I'm here at the controls as the offensive coordinator. Charles Moore's like, well, we're just going to run the ball. <laughs> I don't know. Michigan Mark says, quorum. Keep going to quorum until he has stopped. Then maybe something else, unless the game gets out of hand. Now, see, this is this maybe Mark, this is Sharon Moore's burner that he's on here. Sharon Moore's like, no, we're going to go Corum. We're going to keep going to Blake Corum until he is stopped. That's what's going on. What's happening in here? Happening here? Antoine's always down for some little uh, 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 play calling philosophy. He's going back to Dante Moore. He said this once before Michigan should pay more to stay and be the next head coach in waiting. Oh, no, not Dante Moore. Now we're back to Sharon Moore. Okay, let me see if let me, let me uh, I got to change up. I was thinking Dante Moore. Michigan should pay more, Sharon Moore, to stay and be the next head coach in waiting. Well, what if I said to you, Antoine, and this is what I hope happens. I hope that Jim Harbaugh signs a new contract with Michigan. There's the, the rumors of the, the contract, a five-year contract for Harbaugh. Let's just take Jim Harbaugh five years. And I'm assuming that if Jim Harbaugh signs a contract with Michigan, I know this has been said each of the last three years, that there's not going to be any more dalliances with the NFL, but this time it feels like it's it's true. Like if he is staying, he's, what, 60, 61 years old, you know, he's not going to the NFL if he signs a deal here with Michigan. And he's going to end up, you know, uh, I don't know, is he going to complete all five of those years? So if you're Sharon Moore, sure, you're in line for a big-time raise, but are you waiting around for five years? Now, that's it. That's a decision Sharon Moore has to make. First of all, you know, it's 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 all kind of like Harbaugh might wait to see what's up with the NFL. You know, who's going to make him an offer he can't refuse in the NFL? And then more, you know, you're getting into the, the coaching carousel and teams are reaching out to him and he's thinking, well, Harbaugh leaves. I'd like to have the Michigan job, but, you know, hey, what about this job? I wouldn't take a, if I was Sharon Moore, a group of five job, but a power five job that pops open, you know, he's going to sit there. So a lot of things uh, are going on. Hopefully they're just focused on uh, beating Alabama in the Rose Bowl right now. That stuff can wait. Shadyville putting Minter into the mix. Yeah, well, Minter certainly as a DC in the NFL is going to be a hot name. And Mike McDonald, who's got the number one defense in the NFL right now? It is the Baltimore Ravens. The former Michigan uh, defensive coordinator, who is now the DC for John Harbaugh with Baltimore, He's got the number one defense, and Minter runs the exact same thing. I think that um, I think that you're right. I think Minter, as a DC in the NFL, 
is definitely going to be wanted. But I think Sharon Moore as a head coach in college is going to be more attractive. Nothing against Jesse Minter. This might sound like it was saying nothing against him, but Sharon Moore as a head coach, when you're the CEO, being like a somebody that can stand up in front of uh, of everyone and command the room and just have that charisma, Sharon Moore has that. Now, that's not everything of being a coach. You can say, let's forget all of that. But actually, Sharon Moore does have that. It doesn't hurt to have that. And Sharon Moore does have that part, which is good. And believe me, when you're an athletic director and – You've got your donors and everything else, and they see Sharon Moore stand up there and, you know, command the room and, and talk about the football program and everything else. They see, hey, let's fire that guy. Uh, but Minter is a defensive court. Minter just doesn't have that kind of presence yet. It doesn't, again, that's for some people, that's a small thing, but it is something. I'm right with Antoine. Rob is saying the uh, advanced signs thing, anything uh, uh, attaching to anyone about a job. He's saying, nah, that is fake outrage. Yeah, I think when it comes down to uh, NFL, I think you're you're right about that. I'm not sure about college. Maybe, I don't know. It's hard to say. Oh, no, that'll follow these guys around. I don't know. I, at least I thought it was worthy to uh, – to bring up at least. So that's it. That's why I did bring it up. All right. What's next? We've talked about the transfer portal. Oh, it's who's coming back. Who's coming back. Will it be Jim Harbaugh? Will it be JJ McCarthy? I just have to say this as I think about, I, I, you know, if you've watched or listened to this show in the summer, I was like, J.J. McCarthy is going to be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Uh, J.J. McCarthy's, you know, the real deal. Of, you know, J.J. McCarthy this, J.J. McCarthy that. Now, if the if the draft was taking place next week, I don't think J.J. McCarthy would be a top five pick. Uh, um, he's I think that he would be um, a first-round pick, but, you know, that's not 100%. So I, th- I think that these these two games can really go a long way in solidifying um, either way when it comes down to McCarthy. Like, if he goes out and balls out against Alabama, possible jj mccarthy goes and, and throws uh for over 300 303 touchdowns runs for one and takes michigan to the national championship game like you say well these scouts and things you know they're they're going on more than just one game true enough but if you on the big stage if you and, and I know you do, like I look at what everyone's saying about JJ. It's not like like the Heisman Trophy winner could be in the top five, 
But McCarthy, the one thing that there's the scouts or NFL teams want to see, they want to know if he can put a team on his back and and throw a team to victory and lead a team to victory right there. And if he does that in this hypothetical scenario, there will be NFL teams. And then with them, of course, there will be a lot of uh, NFL gurus and, and mock uh, draft gurus that are going to take JJ and they're going to put him into the top 10 of the draft. You're going to say, are you kidding me? Look at this guy's performance. He did it against the tide. And then if he comes back over the top, and does it in the national championship game, you tell me that McCarthy goes out there and throws Michigan to a national championship. Could happen. Like, I don't care. You know, like, I just want Michigan to win the national championship, but there's a possibility that he could go out and play tremendously against Alabama and then Texas and or Washington. Looks better than Penix. Looks better than yours. Runs and throws better than Milrow. You know, the confetti's coming down. I'm pretty sure that McCarthy's going to go pro if Michigan wins it all. I like it's It's just, you know, right off into the sunset. He's going to be a top 10 pick. Uh, I think even if they, you know, if he beats Bama, I think that that's, I feel like there's more of a chance that he's going than staying. And I know a lot of people want to make the prediction right now. No, he's staying. Well, I mean, that would be great. That'd be great for Michigan. I don't think it's decided yet. I say this every time that I come on here. Maybe you're tired of hearing me say it. That's my opinion about it. I think he's the real deal. Heck, I think that he could go anyways, despite what happens or whatever happens in the the semifinal. Like, you know, he could say now's the time to be a first round. And like he th- feels like pretty good. Like he'd be a he's gonna be in that first round. Like we all know like there's a case to be made for hey he could stay around. He could be the number one pick next year. True enough. True enough. And look, what's the what would be best for Michigan? What would be best for Michigan is Michigan beats Alabama. What would be best for Michigan is if Michigan wins a national championship. That's the goal. Michigan winning a national championship. And then after that, getting Jim Harbaugh signed and having him under contract for the next five years, that I would put number two behind Michigan winning the national championship. Number three would be getting J.J. McCarthy coming back for his senior season. Those three things right now are the top three things in Michigan football on a Michigan football wish list. If we're sitting here and I'm sitting on Santa Claus's knee, I'd be like, man, how about just stand there? You, you know, you way too much. If Santa's like, what are what's your wish list? I'm going to tell you a lot of times, you know, I was just discussing this with my daughter. You know, when you wish something, you're not supposed to tell people. But I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody what my Christmas 2023 wish list is. And I just said it, so I'll just say it again really fast. Number one, Michigan wins the national championship. Christmas wish number two, Jim Harbaugh comes back to Michigan. Christmas wish list number three, J.J. McCarthy comes back for his senior season at Michigan. Could happen. 
I've never put three fingers up in the air like this before. This seems like maybe my gang sign. That's my Michigan. Is that an M? Oh, look at that. You know, I've never been good at doing the, maybe I could do it here. That three, my fingers work as good. Maybe it's not as, I gotta practice that. I was trying to do that. The, uh, the M I could do the downward hook them horns, but I'll have to work on that. It's one of my, I'll write that down for something in 2024. Be able to flash out that that M better. That's that's getting it's kind of a weird. <laughs> I'm not a very good M. All right, so that's it about who I think is coming back. Uh, so the other guys, like I think it's undecided as well. That here, here's the other thing that I wanted to say. There's more guys that can come back than you think. You know, when you start putting in the um, COVID year and like. There's guys like Kojo, he can't come back. And I think Ladarius Henderson can't come back. And Cam Good and Michael uh, Barrett. But almost everyone else, like Josh Wallace can come back. Mike Sandra still, I don't think he can come back. Almost everyone else can. Uh, but, but a lot of those guys can't, are not going to. But here's the thing about Michigan. And at least the way I, I think and feel about it. Last year, Michigan had a NIL package. And it was something around the line, along the lines of those who stay will be compensated. And people filled up that compensation bag. And Michigan was able to keep a bunch of players. And, you know, they called it like one more going for, what did they say? One more time or whatever. Um, Stay for a title. I forget exactly what the what the, what they were saying it was for. We stayed for one more. Michigan's NIL approach to the consternation of many has been like, no, we are not going to promise high school recruits money, and then they are they are not getting a stop. They're not getting the five stars, and everybody's like, oh, is this sustainable? Well, Michigan's plan was they're going to throw the bag at the players that are on the team to get them to stay. And so I think that could happen again. I think Michigan could have an NIL boom 2.0. Now, I know Zach Zinter has already declared he's going to the NFL, and I think Keegan will probably do the same. But I don't know. Can can Michigan take Junior Colson? And this is what it's made for. Guys that could be, I don't know, feel like a third round pick. And, you know, maybe he just has a dream of going to the NFL. And you want to get the clock started. And there's a lot of reasons to go. But, you know, money is a, a nice um, buffer, a nice factor. Those that stay will be compensated. If Michigan can come up with a big fat, 24 NIL package for some of these guys that um, in other years previous to, you know, the, the last couple would automatically go to the NFL. If Michigan can serve them up and line their pockets, I'm saying that there's a chance. And actually, you know, I'm going to say, I hope for it, but there's evidence. We saw it last year. No, Michigan's not throwing millions at high school players. They're going to throw millions at juniors and seniors with a, a COVID one more uh, time. And, you know, they're going to go that route. 
One's technically illegal and one is not. That's the way Michigan's gone. Let's go. So I would hold out uh, some hope for that happening. Sure, riding off into the sunset with a championship, going to get a fella, what's happy. There's a part about this, like if Michigan wins a championship, I think they can do whatever they want. For I'm not going to complain for at least a couple of days after Michigan wins a championship. I'm not going to complain about recruiting, the transfer portal, anybody transferring, anything. I'm just going to sit back and smell the roses. That's where I'm at. Sack man. <laughs> I don't know why. We're just throwing it out here. Vince, will you be on your normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule next week? You know, I haven't thought about any schedule next week, Vince. What are we talking about here? We got we got Christmas coming up, don't we? The holidays coming up. Let's do that right now. Let's take a look. Next week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday looks good. The following week, Christmas is on Monday. So, yeah, I'm not going to do a podcast on Christmas Day, but then we're then we're getting into New Year's Eve, and then New Year's Day is also on a Monday. We'll uh, we'll work around that. I know that I've got a family Christmas party the day after Christmas as well, and then Christmas Eve. My wife is pretty. Uh, she, she, well, I think she's really who's who isn't in a Christmas Eve. We all are. Well, look, next week we're we're good to go. When it comes down to it, uh, all right. I did have a few other things that I wanted to say, and it's about the Rose Bowl, and it's like um what Mark was getting at and, you know, just thinking about some of the numbers and I liked the one, the uh, ESPN analytic one, uh, you know, to me, like I've always looked like where you're getting into, if you feel like you're going to get into the, can you be into the college football playoff? You know, you need to be around uh, a scoring defense in the top 20 and you need an offense in the top 20 where you feel like that. Meanwhile, Michigan this year, they have the number one scoring defense. So I know I'm not overlooking Michigan's defense. I think one of the real uh, spectacular things about Michigan here in the last three years is that three years ago when they had Hutchinson, and Ajabo and Dax Hill, we'll put Hitton in there too, that last year, looking at the defense, it was going to be like, look, you know, Michigan's not going to be able to get to the quarterback like they did. They're not going to have the kind of defense that they did in 21 and 22. You just can't lose that amount of talent. And meanwhile, and they lost their coordinator. But meanwhile, they did. They had better production. They had more pressures. They had more sacks. And then this year, They've been better than the previous two years. So they are continuing to get better on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, That is uh, surprising. It is uh, a credit to the staff and great job by Michigan uh, on the defensive side. And offense is, uh, is not too shabby either. You see Bama 
they ended up being 17. And, you know, Bama, when you, you look, you know, Bama played Georgia, but it's not like Bama went through, you know, like their three bottom teams, you know, they stand up to the three cupcakes that Michigan had either. So it's not like, you know, Bama played some murderer's row or something where like, oh, Michigan had an easy schedule. And, you know, not when you, um, not when you compare the, the schedules. Uh, and on the offensive side, Michigan ends up um, having the 11th scoring offense in the Power Five, where Alabama's at 14. So just looking at those numbers, Michigan, number one scoring offense, sorry, number 11 scoring defense in the Power Five, Bama, number 17 on defense, and then Bama, number 14 in the Power Five when you're talking about the uh, offense. Those are the some of the numbers. Uh, what does it mean? I'm going to give you a prediction coming up here. I looked at some of uh, Alabama's defense in some key games. They gave up over 240 yards passing against Georgia. They gave up the Heisman Trophy winner, ended up throwing uh, 272 yards on the tide. Texas in the college football playoff. Sark's crew came into Tuscaloosa and threw almost 350 yards on this, a torch, this Alabama defense. And on the ground in the Iron Bowl, Auburn punched him in the mouth and tuned him up for 244 yards on the ground. But yeah, like a good, good passing attacks, good ground game, but against some of the big dogs, the tide showed some cracks. Now, Michigan... Look, they gave up uh, over 270 passing and almost 250 passing to Maryland. And they gave up 164 on the ground to Penn State. But you, you think about the turnovers that Michigan was able to get against Ohio State. You know, Rod Moore late, Will Johnson early. And, uh, you know, how they did uh, on the ground. And, you know, Maryland didn't do anything on the ground. And Penn State didn't do anything in the air. What does it mean? Michigan's got a good defense and an opportunistic defense, and they are going to need to throw the ball a little bit. If I was putting the goals out for Michigan, I'd like to see them get 200 yards passing and 150 rushing. If they do that, I feel pretty confident they're going to win, but these are just the goals for me as I was thinking about it. Get to 200 through the year. Get to 150 on the ground. My prediction as I sit here right now, on the 13th of December, I have Michigan winning the Rose Bowl and advancing to the national championship game by a final of Michigan 27, Alabama 24. That's how I see it right now. It's the only bowl game that I have predicted, looking at the numbers, thinking about it, and let's uh, let's do it. That's where we're at right now. Um, let's get um, a couple on the feedback here before we go. Feedback from the poster formerly known as Andres. If Samaj goes off, watch out. Don't put Samaj on the mic again. I disagree. I want more Samaj on the mic. One of my goals is before the 24 season is to interview Samaj. 
AJ likes the way Samaj plays. He plays like how I used to play football. He wants to score every time out there. You can't say that for every player. Yeah. Um, I'm in on Samaj Morgan. I'm with you on that. Mark wants to see uh, the middle clogged up and get uh, some pressure up the middle with the defensive tackles. It sounds like a pretty big key to me. Blake wants to blank name. Wants to use uh, tempo. Try to limit possessions. and It goes against exactly what they're trying to do. They try to limit possessions and allow their defense to rest. That was against me that said I wanted to see some tempo. I like changing some things up, you know, uh, also blank name. So they're thinking about, um, yeah, they're going to be slow and plotting. And then you're coming at them with some tempo. Mix it up. Fly sweeps will be important. We have to attack the edge. Edge can't just run up the middle. Well, enter Samaj Morgan. Get Roman Wilson out there. Let's do it. Harvey jumping in, recruiting at least one more 6'5 wide receiver that's athletic to add to another threat. Well, that's the kid, um, the 6'5 wide receiver from Indiana. They want him. That's what's uh, happening there. So you will get. They're at least trying to get what you are looking for. Antoine doesn't want to see a new defensive scheme or philosophy. I wouldn't either. Uh, here's somebody speculating about Edwards returning. If I had to guess, I would say that Donovan Edwards would go pro. But again, this is where Michigan's philosophy of rewarding guys that are in the program and throwing gigantic bags of NIL money at them comes into play. Does Donovan Edwards want to get more money at Michigan than he would get being a third-round pick in the NFL? Is Michigan going to sweeten it up for him so he would stay for a year? Uh, maybe he could be a second-round pick after that. Who knows? You could make a case he could be a – I think it would depend on how he would run. But, no, I would guess that Donovan Edwards would go pro. That's my feel on it. That's not by talking to Donovan Edwards or people that are close to him. I just think about, I think about running backs and I think about the NFL and how they get treated in the NFL. And if they've got a little bit of tread, they, they pick them and then they discard them. So I I am about like all of these guys, these are business decisions and everything else. Yeah. Love of the school that want to play in the league and everything else, but is there a pitch to be made with money and utilizing Donovan Edwards and keeping some of the trends? So, you know, I think there is a case there. But if I had to guess, I think that he would go. Trey is assuming the same thing. Richard thinking everybody's coming back except the seniors that can't. Maybe. Minter is going to the NFL, the next Eagles, D.C. Yeah, the Eagles defense has been taking a uh, last couple games. Keegan can actually come back. Yeah, I know. Like I said, almost everybody can. 
I think that um, he is likely going to the league as well. Rob saying you got a wake up call. Yeah, look, all these guys understand that. You know, you, you can have an, an injury like um, Zach Zinter on any play, and that's why. But again, the NIL and Michigan coming in and, and going over the top and and giving more money potentially than you might get in the uncertainty if you're but Keegan's going to get drafted pretty high so I don't even know if Michigan could get a bit and he's not coming back this would be an interesting one Junior Colson Blank is saying his film this year is not as good as he would hope. Yeah, I don't know why you're saying that. I like. I think that uh, Junior Colson took a huge step forward, and his film looks very good this year. But I also think he's the kind of guy that Michigan, you know, you look and you say, let's load him up. Michigan is also looking in the transfer portal, we know for sure, at the Maryland linebacker. And we also know that um, when you think about uh, Michael Barrett, going but you uh you have Ernest Hausman back there yeah look at there's a chance I think that's where the NIL comes into play with somebody like uh Colson maybe more too let's go put that NIL bag together I think that's what it comes down to you know before these guys would all be gone but um you know now you can at least start talking about Pam OT Oh, old-timer 56 says he wants to thank Jim Harbaugh and all our great coaches and players for their hard work and great effort in giving Michigan Nation three straight years of football we will never forget as fans. More to come. It's a great spot. Great spot to stop this one, old-timer 56. I want to thank all of you for joining us. We'll be here Friday. Jerry Diario Scarcelli on Monday looked at the offense for the Crimson Tide. Jerry's going to look at the defense and we'll talk about anything else that's going on with Michigan on Friday. We will see you over on the maze and blue in the meantime, over on the den talking about the latest and greatest all day, all night. And what's going on with Michigan. So we'll talk with you on Friday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for any uh, comments that you've made. If you're on the podcast, love the comments there. Give me your real assessment. Say, Hey, this guy's the goat is the greatest this is the great podcast. Or if you don't like it, be like, no, I like, uh, this is not the kind of podcast that like. whatever comments, five-star reviews, all those things. Of course we all like five-star reviews.